0: Hi what the Health Tech Listeners, I'm your host this week, Justine Abson. This is the podcast where we tackle some of the trending topics, ideas, and best practice across health and social care. This week I'm talking to Linda Boabeng. Linda has been in healthcare for the last 15 years, starting as a pediatric nurse before moving into the world of governance, quality and compliance. She has worked for King's College Hospital NHS Foundation Trust, Cromwell Hospital and Cleveland Clinic in the UK, as well as spending some time in the Middle East and previously a steering committee member for the RCN Leadership and Management Group. As an experienced regulatory specialist and with a passion for patient safety, Linda is now focused on strategic management and leadership, helping nurses and frontline professionals to develop into senior roles within
1: healthcare. Linda, quite an intro. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And yes, when you you know were just saying that, I was just thinking, wow, that, that is a lot that I've done <laughs> in the last 15 years. Um, but yeah, no, I qualified as a paediatric nurse uh, what feels like many moons ago um, and um, worked in uh, um, the NHS and a number of um, roles there before I moved on to Saudi Arabia, which was a really insightful experience. Um, But it also gave me my first insight into quality and safety um, because the uh, hospital that I worked at was very much accreditation, um, quality accreditation focus. So from then I was thinking, "Mm, what could I do then? (laughs) Um, Yeah. And that led me into roles within um, uh, quality and safety and governance.
0: I mean, it is it is an amazing background. I mean, working in, in Saudi Arabia must have been incredibly different to your previous roles in the NHS as well.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I think um, what actually made me go there is because I always feel like nurses, we get to a point and we're like, we get itchy feet we want to kind of move whether it be australia it can be a new role and my itchy feet was going to the middle east um i didn't know anybody i just decided actually let me just go and see what it was like so yeah it was yeah i look back and think wow you're really brave Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but it was a great experience i was senior staff nurse on a pediatric ward um but as I was saying, I gained the insight into um, quality and how we as an organ, well, as an organisation when I worked there, you know, how we gear up for um, inspections, accreditations. And it really, it was really fascinating to me. So, yeah. yeah, that opened my mind in that sense.
0: Did you bring a lot of that insight back into then when you came back to the UK and you had gone into your, your new roles back over here? Was that something that you could solve
1: it? You yes. Um, in... In one way, in the sense that because the um, hospital where I worked at in the Middle East was very much um, American model, so the focus was on the American accreditation. But in terms of quality and understanding, you know, um, good governance and things like that, that remains the same, essentially. So for me, it was really insightful to just kind of build on that knowledge in the UK, which is what I wanted to do. Um, Yeah, and it was really helpful at that time.
0: Yeah, I think I mean that that leads really nicely into into you know your passion for patient safety is so clear. I mean, we've had a few conversations in the in the run up to the to the this episode. Um, where does that come from, and and kind of what made it you know what made you move into the consultancy space that allows you to really focus on that.
1: I guess I have to take it all the way back into my exposure into nursing. Mm. Um, And that was when my younger sister was born and she was an ex-prem 28 weeks. But yeah, so at the time I was really young, seven or eight. But I noticed how, um, well, the medical team cared for her, Mm. but in particular the nurses, you know, they're they were her advocate day in, day out. And I witnessed that. And for me, I was like, wow. I didn't know exactly what it was at the time. I was just like, I want to be a nurse. (laughs) I want to be a nurse. I don't know how, but I will be a nurse. Um, And that that led my passion and being an advocate And then kind of like fast forward into the governance spaces. Now, what I really wanted to do was be in the senior roles to really influence and be an advocate for change, um, because that's where I felt or where I feel the decisions are um, within the senior level. So I um, really am uh, big on kind of representation in in senior roles of women, of black minorities in the spaces. Hence, well, I've kind of moved on to opening up my own consultancy where I do support organisations within patient safety and governance, mm. um, but also developing future nurses. So I have a lot of nurses reach out to me in developing um, and wanting to develop in governance and understand patient safety um, and how they can progress as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's incredible that sort of the reason you became or went into nursing Mm. in the first place is because of something you saw, um, which does just show you, you kind of, you can have that, almost that view of people, right? And and almost, you know, sort of, allow people to go, actually, I really want to do that. I've seen you caring and, and that's what I want to do. That, you know, those nurses will have no idea that that impact. made you to become a nurse, which is, I think, is a really special thing, actually.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I always... I remember actually going there and seeing the nurses, and you know, touching my sister when the, the, I mean, she was in the incubator, yeah. and just touching it, and the nurses were just talking to me, and and I felt, you know, they're advocating for patient safety in in a way to ensure that my sister comes home. Yeah, you know, in that respect, and that was nice. But at the time, I was young, I didn't know. But on reflection, I can look back and think, wow, yeah. you know, that was so impactful, um, and I always remember that um, throughout my nursing career.
0: Oh, I, think, I think that's incredible. I mean, you touched on there that, you know, you do quite a lot of work in the in the black minority space um, and you're really passionate about changing things when it comes to bias um, in an area where diversity, quality, inclusion are all at the forefront of, of everything that, that we want to do. Um, can you tell me a bit more about the work you're doing to change the narrative within the healthcare profession?
1: Yeah, sure. So within um, one of my roles, I was the uh, chair of the Black Minority um, and Ethnic Employee Resource Group, um, and that was at Cleveland Clinic London. And within that, it's it was a new organisation that started, and I really wanted to provide and encourage, um, you know, black professionals within the workplace to have a, a safe space um to talk discuss if they want career advice and I felt it was really important um at the time um for me to do that because it was kind of alongside the Black Lives Matter movement that was going mm-hmm. on as well um, and that opened doors I was part of the diversity and inclusion committee and we really championed change and it was a it felt like a grassroots, you know it it was by us mm. we wanted to see what we wanted to see within the organization and it led to really wonderful things happening um I also was part of reverse mentoring where the our exec team were reverse mentored by um, black professionals in the workplace so it really was a great time and it it the feedback from you know um uh, my colleagues was that we feel part of the team we feel included and for me that's inclusion and that's acknowledging that you know sometimes people may be quiet black professionals may be quiet in the workplace but they do have a lot to say and it's creating those safe environments for them to speak up Mm. um, as well and also ensuring that it's psychologically safe to do so so I really do encourage that within um, um, the work that I do as well.
0: I think that you're right that is such an important aspect of it you know we've just touched on the fact that why you became a nurse and the impact that Mm. you know somebody had on you so to think that you're possibly having that impact on you know maybe a younger colleague or something like that is is again it's you know it's something that needs to happen across across the profession so I think it's a really important thing to for that you're leading that and it is something that you you're so passionate about as well.
1: Yeah, thank you. And I I remember one of the other things when I was studying as a nurse is um, I remember seeing uh, a nurse, a black nurse, a happy nurse, Mm. just walking along the corridor and I was like, oh, my gosh, where have you been? So... (laughs) She's now my best friend. Oh, wow. But, yeah, I was like, there's no way you're leaving here and I don't know who you are. So we've been friends for 15 years, but her impact on me, she she's like, to this day, I don't even remember walking across the corridor and yeah. you seeing me. But it was so impactful because that was the representation I needed. Um, and... I always believe in paying it forward she doesn't know that she's paid it forward for me so I would like to pay it forward as well and just encourage nurses to be the the best they can be you know Um, and encourage nurses from um, black professionals um, to go into uh, senior roles and feel supported um, and be able to develop within their career as well
0: and I think that I mean that is you know your consultancy that you've got you know you're helping nurses with their professional development and it sounds so rewarding um so what are you doing to to help them with this and and i guess allow them to be the best they can
1: so recently probably over the last six months i've really focused on creating short form content Mm. um so i have social media platforms that i uh, raise awareness um and share information on governance um assurance Um, What nurses I feel should know, but may not necessarily know. Um, And that has really taken off in the sense that um, I've really connected with so many nurses to say, wow, you know, I wanted to get into governance, but I don't know how. Um, This links so nicely into patient safety work that I want to do. and I create um, one-to-ones, so I I have a, a platform that they uh, nurses whoever wants to get in touch can just have a free one-to-one and mm-hmm. connect with me, and then we'll talk and we discuss what they'd like to achieve in their careers as well. So um, I f- from that from the social media um, I've connected with the nurses, um, fantastic nurses across the UK who are who usually are at the point of the career where you know they're they feel that they're not being listened to or heard and they want to progress, but they don't know how to. Mm. And I always advocate. I say, don't leave nursing. There's so <laughs> many opportunities. There's so much that you can do within the space. It's just understanding where um, and how you can do it. Mm. So it's it, it's been brilliant for me. I mean, um, even yesterday, I connected with a great nurse who um, we're going through pre-interview coaching. And, you know, she's like, I really want this role and things like that. And I said, you know what, let's go through governance and your understanding and Mm. maybe I can help you fill in the gaps so you feel confident at interview and things like that. And I think it's for me, it's just important that um, I can help create a network Mm. of um, informed potentially governance professionals, but also nurses who feel empowered um, to put patient safety at the forefront through um, assurances, governance um, and things like that. So, yeah.
0: I think you're right though because there's so many roles now within healthcare nursing you know it's not just a nursing role there's you know chief nursing information officers there's a lot in the digital space there's so many areas that if you've been in it a while and like you said you know Mm -hmm. you sort of you know these things are going on but you just need to understand how you can get there or what's available or what the pathways or anything like that I think to have that network like you said of of people that may be trying to do similar things to you or have the same passions or... And to be able to connect that together is... Yeah, it must, it must be so rewarding when, you know, you find out they've got the job or... Oh, that is the best
1: feeling. <laughs> it really is. And um, even just last week, one of the nurses... Her, she was so sweet. You know, they're like, I want to take you out. You know, I really want to take you to dinner. I was like, No, it's fine, you've got the role. I'm happy (laughs) with that. But she sent me flowers and a thank you card. And honestly, I was just so touched Mm. because I really do genuinely feel like my purpose is to help and to try and support and um, encourage nurses to stay in the profession and look at other avenues. Mm. And I, however, I can do that, I will do that.
0: I mean, I've I've seen some of your social media videos and things like that. And I absolutely love the short form content you put on Instagram and things. And, you know, making subjects like, you know, that are quite complex, like Duty of candor, you know, Peace Earth, things that actually you sort of start reading about and it can go into pages and pages. And mm-hmm. by the time you're halfway through it, you've sort of not realized what the beginning bit was. And, you yes. know, the fact that you're, you can condense that into these little short videos for people that are potentially going for roles that relate to these things is, I think it's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I don't know how you, how you get it into such short videos, but those platforms Thank are fantastic you. for
1: absolutely. It. They really are. And I was, I think I was reading something recently and, um, it was saying something that a lot of people are turning to TikTok and Insta for their information, as well as Google, you know, so it's using those platforms for the reach. And a lot of feedback that I get is, oh yeah, I watched you on TikTok. And, you know, I was just fascinated that I didn't know about um, this kind of information before, you know, how can I understand what's going on in my organization? And for me, that's key, getting engaged within your organization, because I also hear, oh, I'm gonna do my job and go home. And it's really easy to get into that. But I always encourage being engaged in what's happening within your organisation, all the information you need to know about governance is there. You know, it's just about accessing and being informed. Um, So I also do really encourage that as well.
0: And that's it. Like with social media, I think people, a lot of people still see it as, you know, it's a fun platform. It's, you know, you can't actually get very good content on it but actually you can you know this everything around governance that you're doing and pushing out there it's a really accessible way to to get that that then people can go actually you know if you know you're a busy parent as well as having a busy job as well as everything else that if you can grab those in like little five minute chunks here and there and just listen to it then I think it's it's yeah it's such an important thing to be able to to pick up and, and make accessible
1: yeah and I also get a lot of student nurses mm. as well saying they're saying that oh actually I haven't learned this but this is really useful and yeah. I can see how you know it's good to know this from as early as being a student, mm. and I said, absolutely, you know, patient safety is everybody's concern. You know, we should all have that in the forefront of our mind when we're looking after patients, when we're doing things. Um, so, yeah, the feedback has been really, mm. yeah, it does, it motivates, motivates me to carry on because I'm like, oh, okay, then Some people are interested, I'll carry on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put out my governance content and, and the assurances and what is risk and things like that because... I genuinely do feel the way kind of social media is evolving and um, how people are accessing information, Mm. um, I would like to put it at the forefront um, as well, as easy as possible if I can. And if that's creating, you know, the 10, 20 second videos and condensing it down, then, you know, I think that's really good.
0: I think as well it links nicely into you know you've you've started blogs and and things like that as well and you know we we know there's an immense pressure on frontline workers in in health (sighs) and social care um and you've recently written a blog about nurses quitting quietly which focuses on the the pressure becoming too much um you know there was a recent survey at the international council of nurses that reported 43 percent are considering leaving their jobs so how can we empower nurses to have a voice to speak up without the risk of you know repercussion um create positive change and I guess you mentioned you touched on it at the very beginning about psychological safety you know what can we do to to promote that voice that that people feel comfortable enough to do this before they get to that point where they they do want to quit
1: that's a really really good question and the statistics you know when I when I hear the statistics then I think wow you know that's that's a high percentage. Mm. Um, what, can, what can we do? Um, I, I'm trying just in the sense to show nurses that, you know, it may be difficult and challenging potentially where you are, but don't quit. Don't give up your nursing pin. You know, I know you've worked really hard for that and I understand it's challenging. And for me, I, I always, I don't advocate leave the bedside because mm. we need bedside nurses. I think that's really important. I'm an advocate of please don't leave the profession um, and think about other avenues, and I think um, potentially it can be having um, representation in all levels, so um, you know junior nurses as uh, when I was a junior nurse, looking at oh actually, I can be a chief nurse yeah. I, can, I can do this, you know, and I think that 's important, and it may be a lack of for some people that they don 't see themselves um, in in these senior roles. And, ha- and creating psychologically safe environments—you know—we we talk about it, we discuss it. It's not always easy. Um but I do feel it starts with the individual as well. We can put so much on, you know, an organization should do this and stuff, but you know, what can I do? Mm-hmm. Um, can I um, speak to a manager? Can I speak to an employee resource group? Can I go there? You know, it's accessing, in, well, tapping into communities and networks for support, I feel mm-hmm. um, is really important as well.
0: I think as well, like, you know, speaking to people that might have, have gone through exactly the same thing. So, you know, you might have someone as a chief nurse information officer, for example, now, but you know, 10 years ago, they might've gone, "Oh, I could never work in a digital space or I could never do this, or, you know, they've probably gone through it themselves. So I think having those open cultures mm-hmm. to be able to chat to people that might've been in the same position as you, especially, you know, you mentioned about student nurses and them accessing information and yeah, understanding how how people have got to the roles they've got that, you know, everybody knows that, you know, nurses are passionate. Mm-hmm. It's a that's a given, and that's such a big part of any role. If you're passionate about it and you yeah. work hard, you know where you want to get to. You you'll achieve it. Um, but it's just knowing who to talk to and how to how to access that. I think as well, isn't
1: it? Yeah, I agree. And you know, I was saying to the community of nurses, <laughs> I was saying network. You know, yeah. we're, we we're not really we don't really network as nurses, mm. but it's so powerful you know the power of networking you know going to events you know just talking to people and understanding oh you know you're a head of and so and so you know can you tell me a bit about Mm. how you got there um and i all i do advise i say network do your research you know look at job descriptions and and see what's the person spec Mm. um and how can i kind of develop myself into into being there i really try and be as positive um and just show that there's so much to healthcare um for nurses to tap into
0: yeah and that person spec is a really important part of it because you know again you know 20 years ago it might have been very much based on skill set and that's it now companies want the right people they want yes. the right attitude they want the right cultural fit there's so many more elements of it that actually sometimes the skill set, you know, obviously mm. being nursing, there's certain qualifications, of course, you've got to have. But there might be others where they go, actually, you're the right fit, but we can put you on this progression plan and you can then learn, yeah. you know, the other bits that will then get you to the next step. So I think almost reminding people that that person
1: bit within a job description is it's there for a reason really isn't it it's so key yeah and I think it's it's navigating and telling people actually you know go onto these platforms Mm. and look at these roles and see you know what where are my strengths where are areas that I need to work on Mm. specifically um and just having a plan in place because I think it's so important um as well especially to have a career goal yeah um and I always encourage that when I do to my one to ones, you know, what's your career goal? What's your three year plan? What's your mm-hmm. five year plan? Okay, so how are we going to get there? Yeah. Um, and and I always I do advise a lot of the person spec. So you want to be a director of nursing? Okay, pull up a you know a job yeah. spec, and then let's go through it. And I do it that way, and and it really opens you know our nurses' minds. And to be fair, actually, it's also nurses and midwives as well that um, reach out um, as well. So. Um, yeah, they, they, they there's a lot happening in, in that space, but it's, it's, yeah, it's great.
0: I love that idea of doing it that way as well, because it's almost there in black and white then, and it becomes realistic and achievable instead of it being a bit of a, oh, actually, I think I want to get to this, but it's a bit grey yes. and I'm not quite sure about it. So I think seeing it in black and white on a job description is a really, it's a really interesting way to, to look at how you can get that.
1: Yeah, it's impactful. Yeah. You know, then they can align themselves and see themselves and, you know... I, and I've the feedback that I get is that oh I've n- I never even thought of doing that yeah. actually you know that's actually quite um, an interesting way yeah. of doing things so yeah I definitely do encourage it
0: yeah and I think anyone can take that away from from this episode as well yeah. regardless of whatever industry you're in it's a it's a great skill to to kind of to do, do that. So the impact of language and terminology I just want to have a little little bit of a chat about this in, sure. in the space. So the impact of language and terminology can have on the perception of a situation, I think, is really important. Um, traditionally, obviously, we know it's been a bit of a blame culture in the NHS um, with people seeing recording of an incident, for example, as a, a blame thing, a finger pointing um, exercise. So what's your thoughts on how we can start to create a positive culture and how they can, you know, this can lead to positive outcomes for patient safety?
1: Uh, language and terminology is crucial and using it in, in a way that um, is art- your message is articulated well is so important. Even myself, I've had to unlearn le- the things that I've learnt um, prior and it's all it just takes time. But it's also having awareness um, and having good connections and people around you to say, mm, actually, maybe try doing saying it this way or doing it that way. Because <clears throat> I think that will also create impact. Um, excuse me, I think we've been in um, kind of uh, organisations and things and sometimes you've, you've learnt what's been passed down, yeah. um, but actually you can break the cycle um, and be the innovative one to champion change um, and use language that is um, positive um, yeah. and doesn't shift blame. Um, mm. or um, things like that so I'm really and I also do advocate that as well I say you know we have to be mindful of the language that we use um, because everybody's under pressure um, mm. we should be a supporting network as much as possible but also being aware of sometimes how language can impact that as well
0: yeah definitely you I think you're definitely right with that you know how they how people see recording an instant for mm. example it's you know that's there to improve things to stop potentially stop things happening in the future that might be the same thing um to realize that actually there's a real big issue in a particular place so what do we what do we yeah. put in place to stop that um rather than it being a a blame actually we're doing that because we just want to you know tick a box or or whatever it might be i think it's it is creating that positive culture of we're recording this incident mm-hmm. to make sure it doesn't happen again and therefore there's the impact on the patient at the end of the day
1: yeah and you know we have to remember these systems you know radar is in place in you know wherever organizations it is in to help support promote um create awareness and learn you know how can we learn from things that are happening from things potentially that didn't go to plan you know and even i've come away from saying what gone, what went wrong you know and saying actually what what didn't go to plan you know and it makes such a difference um because then I almost feel people will open up more when they when they when it's a language when the right language is in um involved in the is used in the right way as well
0: well just that description you've just mentioned it becomes it stops them becoming defensive straight away as well doesn't it you know if somebody's asking you what went wrong they you know thing is to sort What's of go, message, well, yeah. actually, yeah, you know, and, and you get defensive, whereas what didn't go to plan mm-hmm. instantly feels like it's more conversational. It's more, well, actually, now I think about it, this is why yeah. it didn't happen rather than that straightaway defensive I feel like I'm being blamed for something.
1: And that's where we need to get to, you know. And it will take time, it mm. will take time. But it's the awareness now that is happening. Oh, actually, yeah, let's use the right terminology to make, you know, um, staff feel open to talk um, mm. and have a conversation um, and, you know, just feel comfortable. Um, being it can be vulnerable for for people when things don't go to plan you know and sharing the information and sharing what happened so I'm very big on that as well definitely.
0: I mean that that leads us quite nicely into to have a little bit of a discussion about PSERF so obviously the new patient safety incident response framework is due to be implemented this year um, at at some point Um, what do you think you would like to see happen with with this and sort of the positive effect it can have on patients in the future?
1: Uh, PSERF. I'm doing a lot of work in PSERF at the moment. I'm really enjoying just getting into yeah. it. Um, and I'm I'm interested to see how the culture will shift. I know it will take time, but I feel it's such a, it's a pivotal movement um, within healthcare at the moment with the implementation of PSERF. And if, you know, we can kind of get it on the right tracks I think the effects will be so long lasting and so worth it. And I'm really keen to see the cultural changes that come Mm. out from it. Um, And I hope actually it will contribute to reducing health inequalities as well through, um, I guess, addressing systemic biases as and when they happen and understanding that, you know, we've got um, the learning responses um, and any investigations that need to happen, you know, we cascade that information in a timely manner. Mm -hmm. So I'm really, I'm definitely excited about PSERF. I think everybody's like, why are you so excited about PSERF? (laughs) I was like, you don't know the impact that it will have (laughs) on healthcare, you know. when it's rolled out and it's rolled out well. Yeah. And I like it because collectively NHS, independent sector, you know, we are moving towards surf um, and having this framework um, as well. So I'm really keen to see the cultural changes um, specifically around this. I,
0: I think that's the really interesting thing about surf. You know, it's not just another framework that, mm-hmm. you know, is going to get implemented and things don't change. There's such a big cultural change element of it um that I think that is you're right I think it's really exciting from that point of view because actually there's so many things we talk about when it comes to instant reporting Mm -hmm. or you know anything else that that people are doing that actually you go to the bottom of it and you go the culture needs to change the culture needs to change and actually there's something potentially getting implemented now that is going to get to the bottom of changing that Mm -hmm. and you're right, it's not going to happen overnight, it's going to take time. But actually, if that's going to improve, you know, patient outcomes in five years, 10 years, 20 years time, it's got to be worth doing it.
1: Absolutely. And I just like how we're all on the journey of mm. PSERF. And, you know, I, I tap into networks and, and hear what's happening, you know, across the country. Mm. And I'm I'm genuinely excited about what's going to happen with PCF and how we're going to bring this in. And hopefully, you know, having that, the cultural element of change, um, but it takes everybody to understand and get it—you yeah. um, know—get on board with um, Peace Surf, um, essentially. So, it's not going to be easy. You know, it's not going to be easy, but it will so be worthwhile. Yeah.
0: The easy things in life are always, yeah, you know. it's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, that—that that, you know, that kind of conversation about you know something being implemented at the moment, brand new. You know, it's going to be—it's going to be different. What's your thoughts on, obviously, you know, this year is 75 years of, of the NHS. Um, what's your thoughts on kind of what's changed and, you know, even in the time you've been you've been in the industry and what you kind of want to see in the future, whether it's, you know, achievable or not. What is the ideal that you'd really like
1: to see? I would like to see, you know, carry on being an engaged workforce mm. despite the challenges. Um you know i love connecting with student nurses um band five band six just nurses and midwives in general actually um and i'm intrigued to to understand and hear how they will contribute to the next you know 75 years Mm. and it's i think it's it's interesting in the sense that um, lots is happening, lots of change Mm. is happening, but how can we ensure we still have an engaged workforce um, despite the challenges? Yeah.
0: There's so many roles as well now, isn't there? You know, you think about how digital's transformed things over the last, you know, 10, 15 years and where that can potentially go in another 10, 15 years. Um, And the new roles that it's almost helping to create that, you know, there's so many, doors that could open for different people Mm. in the in the industry as well so you might have never thought about going into nursing but actually with all these Mm, these different elements of things like governance and patient safety there's there's so many ways that you can you can go down which i think is a really exciting thing for a lot of people
1: yeah and it's it's what will the careers be like you know what are the doors that's going to be opened Mm. um from you know informatics digital health um so it'll be really interesting to see over the next couple of years
0: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) long
1: couple of years, but (laughs) what's going to happen, you know, how are our nurses going to be the leaders, you know, the the nurses I connect with who are student nurses, they're hopefully going to be our directors, our heads of, you know, so how we pave the way um, to ensure that, you know, they get to where they want to be. So I'm really intrigued to see that.
0: Yeah. No, I completely agree. Um, And I'm sure we've got lots of people listening who would want to find out more about the support available, how they can develop. So what's your top tips for nurses that want to start and look at these opportunities and, and where do you think they, you know, could where do they start where do they
1: start good question um I always advise to write a plan and in your plan um and I mentioned before what's your three to five year goal and write it down because I always believe having a vision and seeing it and putting it up you know you're more likely to achieve it so you know write your plan down um and then SWOT You know, where are your strengths, weakness, where are your opportunities, where potentially could you see some challenges Um, and then work through that and then get your person spec and look through a person spec and see, Okay, actually, I need to map out my um, my skills, my experience. What do I need to do? So a lot of um, that can be done you know, uh, when you've got a moment, um, some downtime, some time to yourself to plan. So I always encourage, you know, write your plan down yeah. um, and have a look and review on a timely basis, you know, review mm. it and say, am I on track to become who I want to become in three, five years? Um, and yeah, constantly review as well.
0: Yeah, well, I think I think that's a great, great advice, definitely for, for anyone to take away, so. Um, At the end of every episode of of What The Health Tech, we ask for everybody's What The Health Tech moment. So we've been doing the podcast for a while now. We've had some amazing stories from the weird and wonderful, from the emotional, from the really strange. Um, But I'd like to ask you what your What The Health Tech moment is.
1: What my What The Health Tech moment. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd have to say... um, opening a hospital during covid times um yes and it was very um sudden in terms of when you know we were all kind of told to um Mm -hmm. kind of work from home but essentially I was on on the project for Cleveland Clinic London and um yes we were told that you know we have to work remotely um and for me it's like wow we're we're gonna open a hospital or attempt to open a hospital but work in the background to getting it all um, um, started in and finished. Mm. Um, My role specifically was a CQC application registration um, and developing that project plan Mm. so it is you know how can I create a timeline around a timeline I'm not sure of because of the impact of COVID Um, but we did it you know, worked with a fantastic team um, to do it, but I always think back and think, wow. And being as, you know, Cleveland Clinic is such a digitally advanced hospital as well, the intricacies of the digital space um, and mapping and weaving that in, and you couldn't necessarily always be on site. Yeah. um, That, (laughs) I look back and think, wow (laughs) we all did it collectively and I feel so honored to be part of it but it was really wow
0: I mean that is an incredible achievement I mean it was it was difficult enough I think for for people to all of a sudden adapt to to obviously it being such a big change for everyone um but to be in that process and to still achieve it and have to I guess you had to change like ways of working and all sorts to be able to to do that and it's such a like you just said it's such a collective thing to do as well how do you all of a sudden kind of get that collectiveness without all being in the same room together all of the time as well
1: yeah absolutely and we did so much as a team and even as an organization remotely um and that's the the ethos and and um you know how we've kind of had to come together um but it was really interesting times at that time (laughs) (laughs) I can assure you trying to open a hospital and you know contributing to that space and not being able to see it see the progress or me personally um yeah it it is my what the health tech moment
0: I think it's a fantastic (laughs) moment and and, I mean I I don't work I'm not a nurse I don't work directly in the in the hospital environment but I've even I've taken away some stuff from from this in terms of how I can develop myself and you know and my career and and things as well so it's been a brilliant episode and thank you so much for for joining us thank you um And thank you to everybody else for listening, as always. Um, Join us for another new episode in a couple of weeks' time. Um, Don't forget to rate and subscribe. And if you have any questions for us or our guests, please email whatthehealthtech at radarhealthcare.com.